This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're going to be talking about when do you need a financial planner? And as luck would have it, today I have with me financial planner, Julie Chadwick. Welcome, Julie. Hi, Mary. Thanks for having me. You are more than welcome. I'm excited to have you. Julie is a financial planner and has over a decade of experience, and she joined our firm in January. So we're really excited about the addition and the expertise that that brings. So we wanted to do a show about what are the times in life that people really need to think about adding a financial planner into the mix. I mean, as important as I would like to think we all are, maybe people don't need us every day. <laughs> Not every day, but there are definitely um, certain triggers that uh, are going to be more significant than others. So we're going to touch on some of those today. Absolutely. So let's talk about them. I would say that one of the things that happens more frequently than some of these other triggers is when someone has a change in their job status, that's really a good time to engage with a financial planner because job changes can bring a lot of money stress in a lot of different ways. Absolutely. A lot of different uh, triggers are going to happen. So if you're changing jobs, you might have a 401k that you are needing to do something with. And a lot of times if you don't get the right advice, there could be taxable, taxable events that are going to happen. Um, there might be early penalties that you could face if you don't choose to roll the investments over. Um, so there's a lot of different strategies that by talking to, with a planner can help you go through that. Absolutely. So, I mean, job changes can come in a variety of ways. It could be that you're simply choosing to voluntarily change a job, or it could be something where you got laid off with or without a severance package. And sometimes the, the planning that goes into managing a severance package can be a little bit tricky. I had a, um, a client uh, a couple years ago who worked for a major company, um, lived down in Texas, and she voluntarily accepted a severance package because the company was downsizing. Now, the severance package was a very healthy package, but what she really wanted to try to do was align that severance package with what she wanted to change in her life. And she was very burnt out about her job. She was very tired. She wanted to take some time off. So we worked out a way to stretch the severance package to really cover most of her expenses for a full year so she could literally take a year off from work and then saved a little bit of it as seed money to start her own business when she knew she would be healthy enough and be rejuvenated enough to launch that after some good time off. That's awesome. That's really exciting. What a benefit you added to her. Um, I'm sure that was a very stressful time and a lot of moving parts that you had to there analyze was a and lot figure of it out. Parts, yeah. <laughs> so, but that's just one of the ways that a financial planner might be able to assist in a, in a situation like that. You know, sometimes though, layoffs or job terminations come when you least expect them. And then the question becomes, what do you do with those 401k dollars? What do you do with any pension options that you have? And how do you make sure that any emergency money that you've built up can stretch for a while while you're taking time to find the next best job for yourself? So I would, I would say that definitely job changes are one of the top reasons that people start to seek us out. Absolutely. We've been able to help a lot of people. And it's, uh, it's very gratifying to know that what we do each day is able to help people continue on and, and have the retirement life that they desire. <laughs> Definitely. So, all right. The next trigger that I would want to touch on that are times that you need a financial planner are 
when your marital status changes. So hopefully this happens less frequently than your job changes do. <laughs> but nonetheless, it does happen. <laughs> and it's also very, very stressful. Right, right. So getting married and or getting unmarried both have a lot of different financial minefields attached to them. You know, on the getting married side, you have a lot of money decisions you have to make. You have to decide, is it my money, your money, and our money? Or is it just going to be my money and your money? You know, have you been through this rodeo a time or two before and you've gotten burned by a previous spouse on the whole money side of things? All of those experiences go into the financial decisions that people make surrounding marriage. And to add add to that, usually opposites attract, right? Yes, for sure. So your investment styles might be different. um, So that's going to be something to consider, whether, like you said, combining or keeping the investment separate. Blended families, that is another thing that uh, usually comes into effect. Yes. So. Mm So there's a lot of different strategies that are coming into it. One time we had a client who um, came to us and she was actually divorced. She had been divorced for a long time. And she, we were in her retirement planning stages and she really wanted to retire but thought she was going to have to work a couple more years. Well, in working through things, we figured out that she would be eligible to collect a spousal benefit on her former spouse's Social Security earnings, and that would allow her to defer her Social Security and allow that to grow and allowed that to fill in that gap that allowed her to retire a year earlier. That's pretty exciting. You know, that's what uh, Social Security maximization is all about. And even though she's no longer married and was able to collect a widow's benefit, which is another marital status change that's a pretty tough one for people to deal with. Fortunately, the rules sometimes can create a way for that marital status change to benefit you. Exactly. And a lot of people don't know all the options that are available. So that's another thing. Yeah, I just read an article the other day that was talking about how Social Security has, um, in an audit, they found thousands and thousands of widows and widowers that were not receiving the highest benefit that they were supposed to receive because Social Security is really under no obligation to proactively tell someone that they could do it a different way and get more money. Right. They're not in the job of maximizing your Social Security. They're simply there just to give you the facts. Right. (laughs) Here's the facts, (laughs) ma'am. That's about all you're going to get. So, you know, the other, the, the flip side of the whole, you know, conundrum surrounding money and marriage is the issues surrounding money and divorce. And of course, this makes it really hard for people because now you're talking about splitting money up instead of consolidating money, right? And so a couple of things that I just want to mention when it comes to financial planning and divorce is that it really is worth your time to talk to a financial planner at that point. And the reason why is because a divorce affects everything financially going forward, and it affects you in ways that you don't necessarily think about. For instance, you may have been setting yourself up as a married couple for a strong retirement, but once you start to split assets, and then we have to figure out how do those assets turn into income for you in retirement, and what assets might you need now to take care of housing and current needs and things like that. It not only changes the short-term picture, but decisions surrounding money and divorce really affect the long-term picture too. And you absolutely have to keep that in mind when you're planning for a divorce. And what I see happen the most often here is if you don't know something, you don't know you should address that something. You've heard the old saying, you don't know what you don't know. Right, exactly. (laughs) 
So one of the most common things that people don't know when it comes to planning in a divorce is it's a very smart idea in your divorce decree to consider putting in um, verbiage about who's responsible for paying for college for the kids. You know, a lot of times people just leave that out entirely or if they've saved some money for college, then they address what should happen with that money that's been saved for college. Um, but one of one of the ways we've seen it done that seems to iron out a lot of the wrinkles is assigning percentages that a p- parent is responsible for paying right in the divorce decree. So maybe the child is responsible for covering a third, mom is responsible for a third, and dad is responsible for a third. And that way there's just no arguments later. And it's a legal document that says you are responsible for this. So step up and pay the bill, Mr. or Mrs. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to take that questioning out and just make it a lot more simpler down the road. It really does. Yeah, it absolutely does. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about when is it that you actually need a financial planner. Now we've talked about needing to tap into guidance when you're changing jobs, maybe you have a severance package to deal with or layoffs or unexpected terminations. We've also talked about marital status changes and how that really is a time that you might need to seek guidance. And, you know, when I think about it, it kind of makes me feel a little bit like Siri. (laughs) (laughs) Like you need to have guidance and questions. Sometimes I wish there was a button on the phone. They could be like, ask Siri, the financial planner. (laughs) We should add that to our website. (laughs) There you go. If only it was that easy. (laughs) I think we'd get quite a few questions. I I think you're right. (laughs) So Julie, share with us some other times that people really do need to tap into the guidance of a financial planner. Another significant time is obviously entering retirement. Sure. Um, A lot of times people have already had a financial planner. Mm -hmm. Um, They might have had them for years, grown up, you know, had a great relationship with them. They've done, you know, their advisor might have done well for them throughout all the years. They've accumulated wealth and now they're thinking about transitioning into retirement. The thing is, is retirement distribution planning is a whole nother ball of wax. And That's really true. I mean, I guess I kind of liken it to an art. You know, saving money is one thing. Right. I, you <laughs> Spending, know, it's totally different. <laughs> When you have this pool of money and you know that that's going to be the pool of money here on out and you don't have any more chance to grow that since you're not working, it's definitely an art and it takes a special financial planner. So, you know, if you, like I said, you might have a great relationship with an advisor, but that might be their forte is the accumulation stages mm-hmm. where when you enter into the distribution phases, there's so many more moving parts that you have to take a look at. And that's why you got to make sure that you have the right financial planner to do that. One of the things that you're going to know that your financial planner might have some experience in the distribution side is if they're talking to you about insulating yourself from a particular type of risk that's called sequence of returns risk. And very basically in a nutshell, that means that if you have negative returns in your retirement portfolio in, say, the first five years of retirement, it could possibly create a scenario that you never recover from, and it makes it much more likely that you'd run out of money in retirement versus have enough to carry you through. Now, of course, there's no guarantees that that would happen or wouldn't happen, but sequence of returns risk is a very real thing, and it requires a completely different style of money management on a go-forward basis than just your traditional stocks and bonds or mutual funds in an investment portfolio trying to grow. 
So if you happen to, if you're thinking about entering the retirement stage and you have a retirement planner, you might want to ask him, what is our strategy for when we move into retirement for setting up distribution and setting and providing an income for us? Right. And if the answer is, well, we'll just back off your level of risk as you get closer to retirement, then you're going to know that that is actually not their forte. Because if that's the generic answer that you get, that means that distribution planning isn't something that they are skilled at. It just means all they're thinking about is, well, if we back off the risk on everything, you're not going to lose as much. And that's different than really good, strong distribution planning. Right. When you have a good financial planner, they're going to be able to allow a solution that helps you secure a steady income that won't be affected by the market conditions, allowing for growth, hedging against inflation. So, you know, yep, it, you're it, right. there's a lot of different moving parts. And like Mary said, there's a, you know, it's a whole other ball of wax. There's a lot of different things rather than just consolidating risk. So actually, I just wanted to give a shout out to Mary, too, because she does know a little bit about retirement. <laughs> Forbes says so, too. So... <laughs> Mary just recently got uh, nominated or selected, actually, for Best in the State for Advisors, Financial Advisors by Forbes Magazine. So it's an awesome, awesome accreditation. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm pretty excited about it, I have to say. You know, one of the, the funny things, and this is completely an aside from our topic today, but you know, I participate once in a while in like self-development programs or coaching programs and things like that. And a couple years ago, one of the exercises in the self-development thing I was in was to make a vision board. And for those of you who don't know what a vision board is, it's kind of taking pictures of stuff that you'd like to create or manifest in your life. And you bring them into like either a board or a picture frame or something like that. You might cut stuff out of magazines or whatever. Why like your goals, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just kind of screwing around with this. And I took a copy of Forbes magazine that had Richard Branson's face on it. And I superimposed my face over it. <laughs> <laughs> And that went on my vision board. So I guess the moral of the story is vision boards might work. <laughs> we might need to get a couple of those in the office. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so I'm really honored to be a part of the Forbes um, Best in State Wealth Advisors list. That is quite um, an honor. And the truth of it is, though, that nobody gets to a place where they're going to make that list without having an amazing team of people behind them and that are working with them and add their capabilities and tireless efforts over the years. So even though it might be my name that is on the list, it's really a testament to our entire team at Stirk Financial. I completely agree. You know, just joining the team here recently, um, I really see the strength of the team and the awesome team that we have in place. And it's a great Thank place you. to work. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Back to when you need a financial planner. <laughs> So the next thing is really looking at your investments. If you get to a point where you no longer want to be handling your investments or you get to a point where you feel like you just don't have time to do it, that's a good time to reach out to a financial planner. So let me give you an example. And if this sounds like you, you might want to give us a call. <laughs> so if you have multiple accounts scattered around that you've had some of them for quite some time and haven't ever changed them and quite honestly might not even be opening the statements when they come. Maybe you have some old 401ks from old jobs. Maybe your brother-in-law used to be a financial advisor, but he left the industry long ago and now you're assigned to some guy you never even heard of. 
but you've just got multiple things scattered around and you're not quite sure how they all work together. If that sounds like you, this is probably a good time to give us a call. <laughs> right. And it's it's, uh, it's very uh, welcoming when people come in and they set down like five or six different statements and they just say, please help, help me out me. with this. <laughs> <laughs> help me. I don't really know what I have or if this is good. <laughs> And usually the statements aren't even open. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that happens more than you think. In fact, sometimes people come in with a giant box where they've just thrown stuff for the last few years and say, well, everything is in here. I know it's in here. I just don't even know what it is. So well, that might be one extreme. Right. But we're okay with that when it happens. We can take that on for you and, and uh, straighten everything out, consolidate a lot of stuff. And that really is a huge stress reliever and allows you to be able to to move on to the next stage in your life without stress or worry. It is a good stress reliever to feel like you have a good handle on it. That right. is accurate. So when you're at a point where you no longer want to address it or when you're at a point where maybe it's the first time in a long time you've decided you want to address it and you're trying to figure out how do you organize what you have to turn into something that looks like a complete retirement scenario, that's a good time to call a financial planner. Absolutely. All right, the last thing that we want to talk about today is when you're planning for your legacy, that's another good time that you want to connect in with a financial planner. Right. A lot of times we'll visit in visiting with people, we'll say, you know, what is your legacy? What do you want to leave on? You know, it helps us figure out how we're going to plan for their retirement because a lot of times people say, you know what, we want to spend all the money before we die because we can't Not take it with left. us. And some of them say, you know, nope, we want to, you know, make sure our kids are taken care of and we have something to pass on to the kids. So those are things that we're going to look at and design a plan around that. Okay. Yes. Well, I think you're totally right. And when you're planning your legacy, you really do have to actually involve more than just a financial planner because you, as part of your legacy, are going to want to have your estate planning documents in a row. But this is where your financial planner and your estate planning attorney really do need to have some level of collaboration. The more sophisticated your estate is or the more sophisticated your situation is, then the higher level of both estate planning attorney and financial planner you need. So <clears throat> for everybody... The basic estate documents that you need to have in place when you are planning for your legacy or planning for your estate is you need to have a will, and that's going to say who gets your stuff. Now, in the absence of that, the state that you live in is going to decide who gets your stuff. And I don't know about you, Julie, but I don't really want the state I live in to have anything to say about it. Right. And it's going to be very public, and it's going to be kind of like laying your laundry out in the there you courtyard. Go. <laughs> Now, the other two documents that people don't think about having are a financial power of attorney, and that's something that gives someone permission to take care of your financial accounts while you're alive and only when you get to the point where you're not able to handle them yourselves. And then the third document is a healthcare power of attorney. That's usually broader than the pull the plug, don't pull the plug type of document, but it really is saying, here's who's going to take care of my medical decisions if I'm not in a state that I can do it. Right. And all those tie together mm -hmm. because if you have a financial planner that's managing the investments and managing the financial planning aspect of it and your income, and then you have a health related issue that comes up, maybe the, you know, the spouse was the person that usually handled everything. Now we need to be able to communicate with the wife. And if you don't have a power of attorney on file, 
we might not be able to talk to them. Yeah, and if your financial planner has not asked you if you have a will, that should probably be a red flag because what you do in your investments should coordinate with what you're doing in your estate planning. So the beneficiaries that you put on your accounts, what some people don't realize is those trump the will. So sometimes people will have a beneficiary designation on the account statements and then they'll say something completely different in their will thinking the will is going to be what rules the day and it's not. Nothing's even going to get to the will if you've got beneficiaries on the accounts. Right. And it's very important to update those too. Mm-hmm. As our advice, we used to say you should update them every five to 10 years or at least look at them to make sure things haven't changed or if they have changed, you need to update it. So as I'm preaching to the choir and telling all my clients to make sure you update those wills, I happen to pull mine out one day. (laughs) Well, looks like I don't have my last child in the will. (laughs) So I had to... poor little sweetie. (laughs) I know. So I had to go and and update my own. So you think that, you know, maybe you did a long time ago, a lot of things change. And it's good just to review that and make sure that they're updated for you. There you go. It's kind of like the cobbler's children have no shoes. (laughs) Financial planners are going to look at their own stuff last sometimes, too. That's funny. So the other thing from a legacy standpoint is if you want to wind in charitable intent or if you want to make sure that you're leaving money to children or grandchildren, especially in a specific dollar amount, there are ways to do that with strong estate planning and your financial planner would need to be involved in that. And so if, if you want to leave a million dollar legacy to your children or grandkids, but you want to have strings attached to what they can use it for and how they can get into it and how long it'll last them and things like that. It's totally doable. You just have to have the right collaboration between your attorney and your financial planner. So I hope that you've learned a lot today in the When Do You Need a Financial Planner? We have a seminar coming up for those of you who are approaching the retirement age. If you're five to 10 years out from retirement, you might wanna think about coming to this. It's going to be on April 5th from 6.30 to 8.30, and we're doing this in conjunction with the Lifelong Learning with Western Iowa Tech. So go out to our website to register for that, and thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049 and can be reached at 605-217-3555.